Chapter eighteen of Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonali Punja. Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill or Jasper Palo's Secret by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter eighteen. The Spelling Bee in spite of the fact that the big girls at the district school led by julius semple whose father was the chairman of the board of trustees had very little to say to ruth fielding and shunned her almost altogether outside the schoolroom ruth was glad of her chance to study and learn she brought home no complaints to aunt alvira regarding the treatment she received from the girls of her own class and of course uncle jabez never spoke to her about her schooling nor she to him at school ruth pleased miss cramp very much she had gradually worked her way toward the top of the class and this fact did not make her any more friends for a new scholar to come into the school and show herself to be quicker and more thorough in her preparation for recitations than the older scholars naturally made some of the latter more than a little jealous up to this time ruth had never been to the big yellow house on the hill overlook as mr cameron called his estate always something had intervened when ruth was about to go but helen and tom insisted upon the very next saturday following the girls trip to cheslow as the date when ruth must come to the big house to luncheon the camerons lived all of three miles from the red mill otherwise ruth would in all probability have been to her chum's home before tom agreed to run down in the machine for his sister's guest at half-past eleven on the day in question and ruth hurried her tasks as much as possible so as to be all ready when he appeared in the big drab automobile she even rose a little earlier and the way she flew about the kitchen and porch at her usual saturday morning tasks was as aunt alvira said a caution but before tom appeared ruth saw on one of her excursions into the yard the old dog-tailed bony horse of jasper Palo drawing that gentleman in his rickety wagon up to the mill door hi jabe called jasper in his cracked voice hi jabe here's a grinding for ye and for massy's sake don't take out a double toll as you usually do remember i am a poor man i ain't got lashings of money like you to count every night of my life <laughs> the boy had appeared at the mill door first and he stepped down and would have taken the bag of grain out of the wagon had not the miller himself suddenly appeared and said in a stern way let it be ay jabe cackled jasper and don't be mean about it he is younger than me or you let him shoulder the sack into the mill the sack isn't coming into the mill said jabez shortly what what cried Palo. you haven't retired from business have you miller ye ain't got so wealthy that ye ain't going to grind any more i grind for those whom it pleases me to grind for said the miller sternly 
Then take it in the back, boy, said Jasper, still grinning. But Mr. Potter waved the boy away and stood looking at Jasper with folded arms and a heavy frown upon his face. Come, come, Jabe, you keep a mill. You grind for the public, you know, said Jasper. I grind no more for you, rejoined the miller. I've told you so. Get you gone, Jasper Pallow. No, said the latter obstinately. I am going to have my meal. Not here, said the miller. Now that's all nonsense, Jabe, exclaimed Jasper Pallow, wagging his head. Ye know ye can't refuse me. I do refuse you. Then ye'll take the consequences, Jabe. Ye'll take the consequences. Ye know very well if I say the word to Mr. Cameron. Get away from here, commanded Potter, interrupting. I want nothing to do with you. You mean to dare me? Do you, Jabe? demanded Jasper with an evil smile. I don't mean to have anything to do with the thief, growled the miller, and turning on his heel, went back into the mill. It was just then that Ruth spied the automobile coming down the road with Tom Cameron at the steering wheel. Ruth bobbed into the house in a hurry with a single wave of her hand to Tom, for she was not yet quite ready. When she came down five minutes later, with a fresh ribbon in her hair and one of the new frocks that she had never worn before looking its very trimmest, Jasper Pallow had alighted from his ramshackle wagon and was talking with Tom, who still sat in the automobile. And as Ruth stood in the porch a moment, while Aunt Alvera proudly looked her over to see that she was all right, the girl saw by the expression on Tom's face that whatever Pallow talked about was not pleasing the lad in the least. She saw, too, that Tom pulled something from his pocket hastily and thrust it into Pallow's hand. The old man chuckled slyly, said something else to the boy, and then turned away and climbed into his wagon again. He drove away as Ruth ran down the path to the waiting auto. Hello, Tom, she cried. I told you I wouldn't keep you waiting long. How do, Ruth? He returned. But it must be confessed that he was not as bright and smiling as usual, and he looked away from Ruth and after Pallow the next moment. As the girl reached the machine, Uncle Jabez came to the mill door again. He observed Ruth about to get in, and he came down the steps and strode toward the Cameron automobile. Jasper Pallow had clucked to his old nag and was now rattling away from the place. Where are you going, Ruth? the miller demanded, sternly eyeing Tom Cameron and without returning the lad's polite greeting. She's going up to our house to lunch with my sister, Mr. Potter. Tom hastened to say before Ruth could reply. She will do nothing of the kind, said Uncle Jabez shortly. Ruth, go back to the house and help your Aunt Alvira. You're going about too much and leaving your aunt to do everything. This was not so, and Ruth knew very well that her uncle knew it was not so. She flushed and hesitated, and he said, Do you hear me? I expect to be obeyed if you remain here at the Red Mill. Just because I lay few commands upon you is no reason why you should consider it the part of wisdom to be disobedient when I do give an order. Oh, uncle, do let me go, begged Ruth, fairly crying. Helen has been so kind to me. 
and aunt Elvira did not suppose you would object they come here but i do not propose that they shall come here any more declared uncle jabez in the same stern tone you can drive on young man the less i see of any of you camerons the better i shall like it but mr potter began tom the old man raised his hand and stopped him i won't hear any talk about it i know just how much these camerons have done for you he said to ruth they've done enough altogether too much we will stop this intimacy right here and now at least you will not go to their house ruth do as i tell you go in to your aunt alvary then as the weeping girl turned away she heard him say even more harshly than he had spoken to her i do not want anything to do with people who are hand and glove with that jasper parlow he's a thief a bigger thief perhaps than people generally know at least he's cost me enough now you drive on and don't let me see you or your sister about here again he turned on his heel and went back to the mill without giving tom time to say a word the boy angry enough it was evident from his expression of countenance hesitated several minutes after the miller was gone once he arose as though he would get out of the car and follow jabez into the mill but finally he started the engine turned the car and drove slowly away this was a dreadful day indeed for the girl of the red mill never in her life had she been so hurt never had she felt so ill-used since coming to this place to live uncle jabez had never really been kind to her but aside from the matter of the loss of her trunk he had never before been actually cruel he could have selected no way that would have hurt her more keenly to refuse to let her go to see the girl she loved her only close friend and playmate and to refuse to allow helen and tom to come here to see her this intimacy was all and ruth admitted it now in a torrent of tears as she lay upon her little bed that made life at the red mill endurable had she not met helen and found her such a dear little girl and so kind a companion ruth told herself now that she never could have borne the dull existence of this house she heard aunt alvira's halting step upon the stair and before the old woman reached the top of the flight ruth plainly heard her moaning to herself oh my back and oh my bones thus groaning and halting aunt alvira came to ruth's door and pushed it open oh dearie dearie me she whispered limping into the room don't ye cry no more poor lamb old aunt alvary knows just how it hurts she wishes she could bear it for ye now now my pretty creature don't ye take on so things will turn out all right yet don't lose hope she had reached the bed ere this and had gathered the sobbing girl into her arms she sat upon the side of the bed and rocked ruth to and fro with her arms about her she did not say much more but her unspoken sympathy was wonderfully comforting aunt alvira did not criticize uncle jabez's course she never did but she gave ruth in her sorrow all the sympathy of which her great nature was capable she seemed to understand just how the girl felt without a spoken word on her part 
she did not seek to explain the miller's reason for acting as he did perhaps she had less idea than had ruth why jabez potter should have taken such a violent dislike to the camerons for ruth half believed that she held the key to that mystery when she came to think it over afterward she put what she had heard between the two old men jabez and fallow down at the brook with what had occurred at the mill just before tom cameron had come inside and putting these two incidents together and remembering that jasper fallow had overheard tom in his delirium accused the miller of being the cause of his injury ruth was pretty sure that in that combination of circumstances was the true explanation of uncle jabez's cruel decision ruth was not the girl to lie on her bed and weep for long she was sensible enough to know very well that such a display of disappointment and sorrow would not better the circumstances while she remained at the red mill she must obey uncle jabez and his decisions could not be controverted she had never won a place near enough to the miller's real nature to coax him or to reason with him regarding this gruff decision he had made she had to make up her mind that unless something unexpected happened to change uncle jabez she was cut off from much future association with her dear chum helen cameron she got up in a little while bathed her face and eyes and kissed aunt alvira warmly you are a dear she declared hugging the little old woman come i won't cry any more i'll come downstairs with you auntie and help get dinner but ruth could eat none herself she did not feel as though she could even sit at the table with uncle jabez that noon and remained outside while the miller ate he never remarked upon her absence or paid her the least attention oh how heartily ruth wished now that she had never come away from darrowtown and had never seen the red mill the next monday morning the rural mail carrier brought her a long letter from helen uncle jabez had not said anything against a correspondence indeed ruth did not consider that he had more than refused to have the camerons come to see her or she to return their visits if she met them on the road or away from the house she did not consider it would be disobeying uncle jabez to associate with helen and tom this letter from helen was very bitter against the miller and wildly proposed that ruth should run away from the red mill and come to overlook to live she declared that her papa would not object indeed that everybody would warmly welcome the appearance of ruth fielding even if she came like a tramp and that tom would linger about the red mill for an hour or two every evening so that ruth could slip out and communicate with her friends or could be helped away if she wanted to leave without the miller's permission but ruth coming now to consider her situation more dispassionately simply wrote a loving letter in reply to helen's entrusting it to the post and went on about her usual way helping aunt alvary going to school and studying harder than ever she missed helen's companionship vastly she often wet her pillow with tears at night and this was not like ruth and felt very miserable indeed at times but school and its routine took up a deal of the girl's thought her studies confined her more and more as the end of term approached and in addition to the extra work assigned to the girl at the red mill by miss cramp there was a special study which ruth wished to excel in 
Miss Cram was old-fashioned enough to believe that spelling was the very best training for the mind and the memory, and that it was a positive crime for any child to grow up to be a slovenly speller. Four times a year Miss Cramp held an old-fashioned spelling bee at the schoolhouse on designated Friday evenings, and now came the last of the four for this school year. Ruth had never been an extra good speller, but because her kind teacher was so insistent upon the point, the girl from the Red Mill put forth special efforts to please Miss Cramp in this particular. She had given much spare time to the study of the spelling book, and particularly did she devote herself to that study now that she hadn't her chum to associate with. The spelling bees were attended by the parents of the pupils and all the neighbors thereabout, and Helen wrote that she and Tom were going to attend on the evening in question, and that Tom said he hoped to see Ruth just eat up those other girls when it came to spelling. But Ruth Fielding much doubted her cannibalistic ability in this line. Julia Semple had borne off the honours on two occasions during the winter, and her particular friend Rosa Ball had won the odd trial. Now it was generally considered that the final spelling bee would be the occasion of a personal trial of strength between the two friendly rivals. Either Julia or Rosa must win. But Ruth was the kind of a person who, in attending a thing, did her very best to accomplish it. She had given some time and thought to the spelling book. She was not likely to go down before any easy or well-known word. Indeed, she believed herself letter-perfect in the very hardest page of the spelling book some time before the fateful evening. Oh, perhaps you think you know them all, Ruth Fielding, exclaimed one of the little girls one day when the spelling bee was being discussed at recess. But Miss Cram doesn't stick to the speller. You just wait till she tackles the dictionary. The dictionary, cried Ruth. That's what Miss Cramp does, the child assured her. If she can't spell them down out of the speller, she begins at the beginning of the dictionary and gives words out until she finds one that flows them all. You wait and see. So Ruth thought it would do no harm to study the dictionary a little, and taking her cue from what the little girl said, she remained in between sessions and began with a purse, committing to memory as well as she could those words that looked to be puzzlers. Before the day of the spelling bee, she believed if Miss Grant did not go beyond the first letter of the alphabet, she would be fairly well grounded in the words as they came in rotation. Ruth knew that every other pupil in the school would have friends in the audience that evening, save herself. She wished that Aunt Alvira could have attended the spelling bee, but of course her back and her bones precluded her walking so far, and neither of them dared ask Uncle Jabez to hitch up and take them to the schoolhouse in his wagon. The schoolhouse was crowded. All the extra seats that could be provided were arranged in rows, and it being a mild evening, the men and bigger boys stood outside the open windows. There was a great bustle and whispering, until Miss Cram's tinkling bell called the audience as well as the pupils to order. The scholars took their places according to their class, standing in a long row around the room. As one was spelled down, he or she took her seat again. 
and so the class was rapidly thinned out for many of the little folk missed on the very easiest words in the speller ruth stood with ten pupils of the head of the line at the beginning and when the spelling began she had an encouraging smile and nod from helen who with her brother sat where they could see the girl from the red mill ruth determined to do her best End of chapter 18